Hi everyone and welcome to another Bible study here at One Love Live at Love Walk. And I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I pray that you are well and God is blessing in your life. Um, I want to thank you for joining me today. Now, as you guys know, I'm your host, Leela Winston. And uh, today we are going to go into a very interesting uh, topic. Um, we are going to finish out um, what we were talking about in terms of the elders and other points of purpose. But as you guys know, with this Bible study, we come together to read the scriptures so that we can practically apply it and also so that we can accomplish the purpose of our lives. So those are the two goals of the Bible study and we'll continue doing that throughout. Um, so today we're actually having a conversation that I think is really critical um, as times are changing and as believers are seeing the important need to do the work of God and not just be parishioners, you know, sitting in you know, pews, and those are wonderful things, but that's not exactly what God has actually called us to do. And so that is where I am coming in to tell you there is a plan, there's something for you to do, it's important, and you need to be a part of it. And so that's what we're going to do right now. So um, I want you to grab your Bible. We're going to go into a verse of scripture. I'm not going to say that, you know, you don't know this one, but it's not one that is read quite often. And so, um, but we're going to read it today. So I want you to go to 1 Samuel. Yes, that's going to be 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 4. And we're going to read from there. And I'm going to start right now. It says, And between the passages by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistines' garrison, there was a sharp rock on the one side and a sharp rock on the other side. And the name of the one was Bozes, and the name of the other was Sonei. The forementioned, the forefront of the one was situated northward over against Michmash, and the other southward over against Gibeah. And Jonathan said to the young man that bore his armor, Come and let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. And his armor bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart turn you behold i am with you according to your heart then said jonathan behold we will pass over to these men and we will discover ourselves to them if they say to us tarry until we come to you then we will stand still in our place and we will not go up to them but if they say to us if they say thus come up to us then we will go up for the lord has delivered them into our hand and this shall be a sign to us and both of them discovered themselves to the garrison of the philistines and the philistines said behold the hebrews come forth out of the holes where they had hid themselves and the men of the garrison answered jonathan and his armor-bearer and said come up to us and we will show you a thing and jonathan said to his armor-bearer come up after me for the lord has delivered them into the hand of israel and jonathan climbed up on his hands and on his feet and his armor-bearer after him and they uh, fell before jonathan and his armor-bearer slew after him 
And that first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor-bearer made was about twenty men, within as if it were an half-acre of land which a yoke of oxen might plough. And there was trembling in the host, in the field, and among all the people, the garrison, and the spoilers. They also trembled, and the earth quaked, so it was a very great trembling. And the watchmen of Saul in Gibeah of Benjamin looked, and behold, the multitude melted away, and they went on beating down one another. Who will come to the battle for the Lord? That is the question that I want to ask you today. And that is what we're going to have a conversation about today. Now, we talked about the armor of God, and that was really important. It taught us how we are going to put our cells together when we go out into the world as believers. But I want to ask you, who will come up to the battle of the Lord? In this verse, we see Jonathan is a true brother of David because he's acting in a way that's so very similar to the way that David uh, acted when he went against Goliath. If you can remember, he believed in the power of God. He has an armor bearer and they run upon a great multitude, just the two of them. I want you to think about that. And God shakes the valley in this story. Now, I don't, I didn't read all of it because it was pretty long. But if you read this story, Jonathan and his armor bearer, after that, they, they fight, just the two of them, they, they fight these men. And then afterward, it says there's a great shaking in the valley. And you see the men of that area, the, the soldiers there, they're just melting away. Why is that happening? That's happening because God is with them. He is on their side. God shakes the valley to fight alongside them because of their confidence in the Lord. And so I want to ask you, do you have confidence in the Lord? And that's really what it comes down to when we think about calling the battle. When we think about, okay, you know, if I'm going to call the battle, if I'm going to do A, B, or C thing. And so we have to remember that that is the thing that we want to start focusing on. We want to focus on the fact that you have to have this confidence in God. And I want you to think about what he said. He didn't just say to his armor bearer, you know, we're going to go up against this multitude. He said this uncircumcised multitude. And once again, it's going back to what David said. David talked about how the Goliath was an uncircumcised Philistine. He once again talks about the covenant between God and the Israelites and the covenant that God did not have with the Philistines. And so he knew that there was a victory there that he would have. So I have to keep asking you, do you have confidence in God? This is a huge part of what we do as believers is having confidence in the God that we serve. And the only way you can have that confidence is when we study. And if you can remember in our last Bible study, we read about the armor of God and we found that the word of God was our sword. I want you to think about this. A man handy with the sword in ancient times was a great asset to any army. And today, you know, many churches, you know, you'll hear talk of this idea of this uh, armor bearer. Um, which is supporting the man of God. And so we're kind of seeing this sort of similarity. This is giving you a visual on what maybe they are saying. But we have this talk. But the question we have to ask when we talk about, oh, you know, an armor bearer is, is this parent person full of the spirit and handy with the word of God? Where are the people um, that are good at teaching, that are good at preaching, that understand the word of God? We need those people. We need those people to come up 
and to fight with the sword of the word of God. This is what we're calling for. You see, David, like Jonathan, they were good with the sword and excellent in battle. And we see that here with Jonathan and his armor bearer. And I want to ask you, have you been practicing with the word? Do you know what the word of God is saying? Are you, are you listening to what God is saying? Are you reading? Are you studying in the word of God? I want to know if you're handy with the word of God. We need believers who are strong in the word of God. And I want to show you that. We're going to look at John chapter 1, verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. I want you to think about that. The word is God. The word was with God. So we're really looking at the word, the sword that you're going to use in this world as your protection, as your defense. That is going to be God. So the sword of the spirit is the word of God. You can fight with God if you know the word of God. You can fight pain with the word of God. You can fight injustice. You can fight sickness. You can fight so many things with the word of God. And if you don't know his word, you will not know the power available to you. Are you prepared to act righteously and with justice? David has already showed us a great example of faith in God through his challenging Goliath, the uncircumcised Philistine. But there was also Joshua. And I want to remind you of Joshua because he's a great man of battle too. If you read in Joshua chapter 1, it says, it shows how God is empowering Joshua and all of the people to fight for their lives and the lives of their brothers. This is a fight not just for you and yours. This is a fight for your brothers as well. You can't only be focused on yourself in prayer and your faith to act righteously and accomplish God's will. I mean, that's wonderful and, you know, I think it's great, but you have to be thinking about your brother too. Joshua was very clear about this. He says, take up, you know, he wanted them to be courageous, not just for themselves, but for their brothers. There are people maybe that are less, not as strong as you, that need your help. There are people that are not as powerful or strong in the word of God, but they need your support. They need to hear the word of God. And God has called many people to do that. And if you can take your time and be that strength, be that support, that is why you're activated. You're not just someone who just goes to church, reads a book. I mean, we've turned church into this uh, very simple thing that's very easy you know, there's really not that much, you know, you just go there, you sit down, you sing a song, but it really should be empowering you in an amazing way. So I want to encourage you to start thinking about that, thinking about how you support. How are you going to support the work of God? It's absolutely important. And that work is something that is unique to you. It's your purpose. And, you know, you have to be uh, flexible. You have to know that you're able to do it no matter what comes, no matter what happens. Like we see with Joshua, like we see with Jonathan in this particular scripture. He didn't ma it didn't matter to him that it was just him and his armor bearer. It didn't matter to him that there were so many coming that he had to fight against. He knew that he could still do it because he had God. And that is what I want you to think about. We fight with the word of God on behalf of our brothers. Now I want to read Joshua chapter 1 verse 13. It says, 
Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God has given you rest and has given you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side, Jordan. But you shall pass before your brothers, armed all the mighty men of valor until the Lord has given your brothers rest as he has given you, and they also have possessed the land which the Lord your God gives them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side, Jordan, toward the sun. As believers, we have to get out of this, I've got mine and it's not my problem mentality. We cannot be satisfied with having our land and our brothers are without theirs. God teaches us the power of our collective responsibility in the Lord's Prayer when he says, Our Father which art in heaven, when he could have easily said, My Father which art in heaven. So you're not just fighting for yourself. There's more people. There are other people that you are fighting for. It's not just the ones you see or that you think you can see. I want to bring you to this idea that David, Joshua, and Jonathan were men of war. They were good at fighting God's battles because of their obedience and their faith in God. Remember, as it says, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but spiritual wickedness. So as soldiers wearing the armor of God, who are not entangled in the affairs of this life, we too must be handy with the word of God, and that is with the sword of the spirit. So who will go up with me against wickedness? That is the question that, that God puts out there, that someone who is true in the battle is asking, who will go up with me against wickedness, against injustice, against spiritual wickednesses in high places? Where are the young lions? Who will run with us? You know, there is a power in standing with God. You know, in old times, the leaders used to go out with their troops. Now, you know, he kind of just sits back. You know, I won't say it's cowardly, but he sits back in secret places, sending his young men out to die. But God is not like that. And that's what I want you to understand. You know, a lot of times you're going out, you're doing things. God is not like that. He is the Lord of hosts who tells us that he will go out with us to battle. And we're going to read in Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 4, what it says. It says, For the Lord your God is he that goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Wow. Think about that. God is going out with you. And we know that especially because Christ's name is God with us and because we know that the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. There is a reason that God with us had to come that he could dwell among us. He fights with us. God's got our six. I don't know if you've heard that term, but God's got our six. It even says that he will be our rear guard, the guard behind us. That means he's got our back, people. Who among you are handy in the word of God? God has made us warriors, not warriors, <laughs> wringing our hands, but handling the word, the sword of the word. Will you stand for God's righteousness and justice in this world? God has not given young men the skill of the word of God to know it just for their own satisfaction, but for the word of God and the work of God. Who knows when it will be your finest hour? I mean, that's the thing I always think. 
who knows when this is your finest hour? What if this is your finest hour? When you, this is your David moment. This is your Goliath moment. This is your Jonathan in the Valley moment, you know, with your armor bearer. Who knows if this is it? Will you miss yours? This is your time to act for the Lord and his righteousness and justice. Often men go out to fight and their fierce leaders upstage them with his power because they are so into the battle. And God does this. He is out there with you. He is out there fighting the war with you. God, that's the one thing I love about God. He will upstage you no matter how good of a you know, fighter you may be. God will always do it. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 30. We're going to read it. It says, The Lord your God which goes before you, he shall fight for you according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And we know he totally decimated Egypt. Honestly, if Egypt should have just let those people go when they first asked, they would have had all their money, they would have had all that they wanted and needed, and they wouldn't have been destroyed. But unfortunately, you know, that didn't happen. But that's because the Lord fought for them. And that's why that's where you put your confidence. I want you to also look in Isaiah chapter 52 and 12. When you get a chance, the Lord promises not only to be with us, but behind us. He is the leader who goes before his men. He fights alongside them and he takes up the rear. Who wouldn't be proud to fight in the battle with a leader who was that loyal? That's a hard thing to find. Christ is a leader who is loyal. He doesn't leave you in the thick alone or play dirty tricks like some human leaders do who look only for their own gain. He's there with his men. That's the question. Make sure your armor barrier is handy with the sword. The sword of what? The sword of the word of the Lord. That's so important. That is the word of God. And Jonathan knew that God didn't need a lot to get himself a victory. We can actually see this if we look at 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 6. It says, And Jonathan said to the young man that bore his armor, Come and let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. So God will act for whoever believes. Do you believe? You have to have faith. The times require it. I really want to say right now, the times require it. As believers, we have to really have the faith. It's so important. We are calling for the young lions, the young lions, you know, who believe in the word of God, who understand the word of God, who have become handy in the word of God. We need people coming together, you know, to fight the injustices and the problems that we see. We do this so well if we're able to really believe and have that confidence to know that it is not just us alone. It's not just us alone. It's many people. It's God. God with us. That's really what makes it better. And I want to give you some scriptures on young lions so you can understand what, a, what it means I'm going to read in Amos chapter 3 and 4. It says, The lion has roared. Who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? That's Amos chapter 3 verse 4. And then there's another one. It says, They shall go after the Lord. He will roar like a lion. When he roars, his children shall come trembling from the west. That's Hosea chapter 5 and 14. And then it says, He crouched. He lay down like a lion, like a lioness. Who will rouse him up? 
blessed are those who bless you and cursed are those who curse you. I want to ask you, who will go up to the battle? Who will do what is right? Who will believe in the Lord? Who will stand righteously before him? Wherever you may be, whatever work you do, a lot of people think that, you know, they have to be a pastor or, you know, they have to be a part of some sort of organization. You don't have to do it. Do that. You can be a part of anything, anything that you do, whatever you're doing. You know, maybe you're a janitor. You know, maybe you work for uh, a school. You're a teacher. Whatever it may be, the Lord has a work for you. And you have to be handy in the word of God because the word of God is your sword. And that's how we bring down those, you know, um, high places and those wickednesses and those uh, evil um, spiritual principalities. That's how you do it because everything is spiritual, people. I want you to absolutely know that everything is spiritual. So you want to be handy in the word of God. Who will go up with me? That's what Jonathan asks. If you have confidence in the word of God, if you have confidence in God, then go up. Where, whatever you can do, whatever righteousness that you can do. Because remember, you don't just fight for yourself. You fight for your brother, like Joshua said. It's not enough to just fight for yourself. It's not enough to just secure it for yourself. You have to fight for your brother as well. And the Lord spells that out so clearly in his word. So I really want you to be encouraged. I want you to know that, you know, God wants you um, to be successful in the purpose that he has for you. But you have to come. You have to go up. You have to be no. You have to know that he's got your back. He's got your six. He's fighting with you right there. He's got your back better than a lot of these generals who never go out with their troops, never do anything, you know. He's going to be with you there. He's going to be fighting. And the verse that we read in that scripture when Jonathan and his armor bearer went out and they sort of, you know, had got the victory, it says the Lord shook the place and the people melted away. When his father uh, Saul looked up and saw the host that was before them, they were just melting away. Who was doing that? God was doing that. I pray that you have confidence in the Lord and you only do that through faith in God. And remember, so I want to encourage you to start thinking about that, thinking about how you support. How are you going to support the work of God? It's absolutely important. And that work is something that is unique to you. It's your purpose. And, you know, you have to be uh, flexible. You have to know that you're able to do it no matter what comes, no matter what happens. Like we see with Joshua, like we see with Jonathan in this particular scripture. He didn't ma it didn't matter to him that it was just him and his armor bearer. It didn't matter to him that there were so many coming that he had to fight against. He knew that he could still do it because he had God. And that is what I want you to think about. We fight with the word of God on behalf of our brothers. Now, I want to read Joshua chapter 1, verse 13. It says, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God has given you rest and has given you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side, Jordan. But you shall pass before your brothers armed, 
all the mighty men of valor until the Lord has given your brothers rest as he has given you and they also have possessed the land which the Lord your God gives them then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side Jordan toward the sun as believers we have to get out of this I've got mine and it's not my problem mentality we cannot be satisfied with having our land and our brothers are without theirs God teaches us the power of our collective responsibility in the Lord's Prayer when he says, our Father which art in heaven, when he could have easily said, my Father which art in heaven. So you're not just fighting for yourself. There's more people. There are other people that you are fighting for. It's not just the ones you see or that you think you can see. I want to bring you to this idea that David, Joshua, and Jonathan were men of war. They were good at fighting God's battles because of their obedience and their faith in God. Remember, as it says, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but spiritual wickedness. So as soldiers wearing the armor of God, who are not entangled in the affairs of this life, we too must be handy with the word of God. And that is with the sword of the spirit. So who will go up with me against wickedness? That is the question that that God puts out there, that someone who is true in the battle is asking, who will go up with me against wickedness, against injustice, against spiritual wickednesses in high places? Where are the young lions? Who will run with us? You know, there is a power in standing with God. You know, in old times, the leaders used to go out with their troops. Now, you know, he kind of just sits back, you know, I won't say it's cowardly, but he sits back in secret places, sending his young men out to die. But God is not like that. And that's what I want you to understand. You know, a lot of times you're going out, you're doing things. God is not like that. He is the Lord of hosts who tells us that he will go out with us to battle. And we're going to read in Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 4, what it says. It says, For the Lord your God is he that goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Wow. Think about that. God is going out with you. And we know that especially because Christ's name is God with us and because we know that the sword of the Spirit is the word of God. There is a reason that God with us had to come that he could dwell among us. He fights with us. God's got our six. I don't know if you've heard that term, but God's got our six. It even says that he will be our rear guard, the guard behind us. That means he's got our back, people. Who among you are handy in the word of God? God has made us warriors, not warriors, (laughs) wringing our hands, but handling the word, the sword of the word. Will you stand for God's righteousness and justice in this world? God has not given young men the skill of the word of God to know it just for their own satisfaction, but for the word of God and the work of God. Who knows when it will be your finest hour? I mean, that's the thing I always think. Who knows when this is your finest hour? What if this is your finest hour when you, this is your David moment, this is your Goliath moment, this is your Jonathan in the valley moment, you know, with your armor bearer, who knows if this is it? Will you miss yours? This is your time to act for the Lord and his righteousness and justice. Often men go out to fight 
and their fierce leaders upstage them with his power because they are so into the battle. And God does this. He is out there with you. He is out there fighting the war with you. God, that's the one thing I love about God. He will upstage you no matter how good of a you know, fighter you may be. God will always do it. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 30. We're going to read it. It says, the Lord your God, which goes before you, he shall fight for you according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And we know he totally decimated Egypt. Honestly, if Egypt should have just let those people go when they first asked, they would have had all their money. They would have had all that they wanted and needed and they wouldn't have been destroyed. But unfortunately, you know, that didn't happen. But that's because the Lord fought for them. And that's why that's where you put your confidence. I want you to also look in Isaiah chapter 52 and 12. When you get a chance, the Lord promises not only to be with us, but behind us. He is the leader who goes before his men. He fights alongside them and he takes up the rear. Who wouldn't be proud to fight in the battle with a leader who was that loyal? That's a hard thing to find. Christ is a leader who is loyal. He doesn't leave you in the thick alone or play dirty tricks like some human leaders do who look only for their own gain. He's there with his men, 